0: social with ed easton jr we are back here on brooklyn free speech radio as well as iHeartRadio radio for many people out there and this past week i got to attend one of my favorite events basically you know within the nba it's the nba draft and for those that have been living under a rock and don't really understand what it is that makes the nba draft so special you get all the greatest young players around the world whether it's you know a player internationally or a player at a college or wherever. And they're all into this huge pool where they're selected amongst the 30 NBA teams. And there's always this big rush in the lottery like I've done in the past episodes of people wanting to get the top pick to see if they get the best player available. Now, DeAndre Ayton was the number one pick. He went to the Phoenix Suns this year, and that was pretty expected everything else was a bit of a shock if you really want to put things in perspective and uh the biggest shock if i had to be just pretty much be blunt with it was michael porter jr dropping to the very last pick in the lottery and for those that don't know the lottery are are is comprised of teams that did not make the playoffs and those usually the top 14 picks so Porter just barely made it into a lottery that's a different pay scale because once you start falling the playoff teams, that first year that first rookie contract isn't as uh, as glamorous as the others. So very interesting Michael Porter Jr having all the issues with his back, with his hip and for a guy who was projected to be number one for years. I'm talking about they've been scouting this guy since he was in high school and uh, you know not really playing at all for Missouri during that first year. It's an interesting situation for him. I mean, the guy is a, in my opinion, still a great talent. I personally wanted the New York Knicks to go that route, but uh, they had other plans and they went with Kevin Knox out of uh, Kentucky, 18 years old, another young player to that nucleus. And uh, look, I get it. The Knicks want to get young. They want to build around these players that, that are long, that are, like I said, are very young, very raw and could be possibly very good players i get it trust me even emmanuel Mudiay, who's uh been in the league a couple of years is still very young and has a lot of shaping to do that's why i wasn't too surprised that the knicks society they didn't want to go point guard or get a colin sexton even though he was selected uh, a pick before them trey young was also selected so kevin knox was the pick for knicks fans out there i'm actually going to have a a nice spirited conversation With uh, another Knicks fan, I have uh, Jake Montgomery on the line. He's going to talk about his thoughts on just the draft, the Knicks. He's from ESPN Radio in New York City. So uh, they actually broadcast the Knicks games throughout the season. So he deals with a lot of what goes on with the Knicks on the behind the scenes. And so uh, I'm going to talk to him, get his thoughts on that. Uh, also, just I was at the draft, and it's always a fun atmosphere. This is when you get a, a mixture of every type of NBA fan. Only real NBA fans should go to the draft. Uh, I gotta keep repeating that because you're gonna get people there that they just want to be there, they just want to be seen. They, you know, they they thinking it's a uh, this super glamorous prom, but it's not. It's not really what it is. You have to know the game. You have to understand like the college players that are coming out, the international players that are coming out. That's part of the love for the draft. You want to make sure your team makes the right decision. Uh, you know, I enjoyed it. I got to speak to a couple of people on the green carpet. They didn't call it the red carpet, but the green carpet that night. I'm going to share a couple of those interviews, uh, one of them with uh, a, a couple from Philly, and they were pretty uh pretty fun with just describing their thoughts on uh, the pick at the time was Miles Bridges, who was eventually traded. I'm sorry, Mikel Bridges, who's eventually traded to the uh, Phoenix Suns. Uh, that's a PR nightmare, you know. Uh, I don't know what Brown was thinking. I mean, let's let's really put this in perspective. This guy has been projected go to the Sixers pretty much most of the uh, uh of the last couple of months. He's been saying, okay, it's like the Philadelphia 76 Sixers is the perfect pick. You got a guy from Villanova, local kid. He fits what you need perfectly. And they draft him. His mom works, I forgot, his mom works in HR for the Philadelphia 76. So let's just add that little extra topping to the situation. Not only do they draft him, they let him do the pictures, they let him do, you know, the whole story. Every commentator is making the whole story like, oh, what a fairy tale ending, a national champion, and he gets to go back home and play for his hometown beloved. Philadelphia 76ers, where his mom works in human resources. They did everything. They, they, they told the story that way. It was exciting. Then, guess what? About an hour later, oh, well, the Phoenix Suns and uh, Philadelphia 76ers have made a trade and they have traded uh, Mikel Bridges to Phoenix. And it's just, it makes the franchise look weird because if that was the case, why not make that deal prior to actually making the draft selection? Like trade the pick, if they would have just traded out of the pick earlier, I I don't think this is an issue. But now it just looks like a PR nightmare. Now we could chalk this up to Brown being the interim general manager since the whole you know situation with Twittergate again. They they were out of a uh, GM role, so he's been the interim for the time being. We could hold that against him. So I guess that's the situation. I I just don't know. I I just think that was a, a very very odd move by by the Sixers, like just putting yourselves out there. And, I don't know. just seemed unnecessary at the time. But uh, like I said, all in all, just a fun night at the NBA draft. The energy, as always, just people you know yelling. And, and obviously Kevin Knox got booed. I thought that was too much. I was upset with the pick because I did win Porter, but I'm not going to boo the kid. 18 years old. I think he handled himself very well with a lot of poise at 18 years old. And I keep reminding people that he has so much he can still bring. He has a nice game that I saw a little bit in Kentucky. And, you know, you got to give the guy a chance to grow here. And New York City, we're not known for that. That's just what it's about. But, uh, like I said, we're going to go through that whole situation. I'm going to play a little of his introductory press conference with the Knicks' second-round pick, Mitchell Robinson, who is just a freak beyond nature in terms of athleticism. The guy's a center, but can handle a ball, can um just, you know, get he can really get up there. And I I haven't seen many athletic centers in a long time like Mitchell Robinson. The guy could have been projected a high top ten pick if he actually played college basketball. But once again, there are some character issues there. We don't know what type of personality he's going to bring to the court. And uh, the Knicks need this. The Knicks need some type of uh, spark, a guy that can really you know change things up, and uh, make them even more of a contender down the line in the East. Because it's still going to be a rough season for for Knicks fans. Let's let's put that in perspective. Kevin Knox is not going to be the answer. He's not going to have you going back to the playoffs this year. Just wait it out. Let Porzingis get better and see what happens. Right now, it's all about trusting the Knicks process moving forward. So uh, just for anybody that may have missed it, what I'm going to do before we go to break is we're going to play Adam Silver introducing the first 14 picks, which are the lottery picks in the NBA draft, followed by after the break, um, a little bit of the introductory press conference of the Knicks, and those are for Mitchell Robinson and Kevin Knox, just, uh, you know, welcoming them to New York City officially after being drafted, as well as some of my um, great interviews on the green carpet at Barclays Center. You're listening to Sports Social with Eddie St. Jr. here on Brooklyn Free Speech Radio and iHeartRadio.
1: Radio. With the first pick in the 2018 NBA Draft, the Phoenix Suns select DeAndre Ayton from Nashville, Bahamas and the University of Arizona.
2: Ayton going ahead of Marvin Bagley the third and he is the ninth straight freshman to go number one overall and the first Arizona Wildcats to be selected with the top overall pick in the draft. Dayton said during the lead up to the draft, you see his coach at Arizona, Sean Miller, that he knew he was going to go number one. He sold the Suns, and now he's the first overall pick in the draft. And rightfully so, Reese. He is the prototypical big man in today's NBA. 7'1", he's got a 7'5", wingspan. And by the way, in Vegas, the over-under, for my saying wingspan, is 4.5. Take the
1: over and (laughs) tip it back. With the second pick in the 2018 NBA Draft, the Sacramento Kings select Marvin Bagley III from Duke
2: University. Marvin Bagley the third who averaged 21 and 11 for Duke. I'll get our research guys on this when's the last time that we had former high school teammates go one two in the NBA draft Aiton and Bagley played together for a year in Phoenix and Bagley didn't shy away from working out with Sacramento and now he hopes to be a cornerstone of that franchise as he makes his way up be greeted by Adam Silver as we take a look. With the third
1: pick in the 2018 NBA Draft, the Atlanta Hawks select Luka Doncic from Ljubljana, Slovenia, and Real Madrid.
2: Man, it has been quite a couple of days for Luka Doncic. You saw him hugging his mother there. Trey Young now sits and waits. We expect, from what Woj has told us, that Luka will be on his way to Dallas in the air, apparent as the franchise cornerstone after Dirk Nowitzki. As Woj pointed out, his contingent on Trey Young still being there and ultimately winding up with the Hawks. But this player is a guy internationally who is as proven and as scouted as any international player we've had, NBA Draft expert and uh, scout extraordinaire Mike Schmitz is with us. You believe Luka should have been the number one overall pick, Mike. With the fourth pick in the 2018
1: NBA Draft, the Memphis Grizzlies select Jaron Jackson Jr.
2: from Michigan State University. The Big Ten freshman and defensive player of the year in his lone season with Tom Izzo and the Spartans. His dad was a longtime NBA player won a championship with the Spurs. His mom is director of player ops at WNBA as you see Miles Bridges, his teammate at Michigan State. who will hear his name called a little bit later on tonight. But Jaron Jackson, big guy, shooting touch, do a lot of things, a modern big in the NBA. With the
1: fifth pick in the 2018 NBA draft, the Dallas Mavericks select
2: Trey Young from the University of Oklahoma. In the days leading up to the draft the guy was a sensation in college basketball last year. Some said would be slipping. Concerns about his size. Concerns about his defense. He said it was up to him to change that narrative about whether he defended anyone. Let me tell you this dude put up offense on everybody with 27 points and nearly nine assists to lead the nation in both categories. do mm-hmm. you got some more details on this proposed deal with the Mavericks and the Hawks? Yeah, Reese, the Hawks general manager Travis Schlenk has coveted Trey Young throughout the
1: entire season. Schlenk came from the Golden State Warriors, worked in their front office. He was there when they drafted Steph Curry, and Curry became a two-time MVP. Now. He's not sure that he's got Steph Curry here, but he absolutely got a player he believes will be a star for the Hawks, and uh, I think right now for for them. With the sixth pick in the 2018 NBA Draft, the Orlando Magic select Mohamed Bamba from the University of Texas. And now with the seventh pick in the 2018 NBA Draft, the Chicago Bulls select
2: Wendell Carter Jr. From Duke University. A versatile big man from the Blue Devils make it the third time that a pair of Blue Devils taken in the top ten. Jaleel Okafor and Justice Winslow did it in 2015. Our buddy Jay Williams and Mike Dunleavy back in 2002. Both in the top ten. And Wendell Carter Jr. chose to go to Duke over going to Harvard. A bright guy. He was terrific this season and really accepted his role once Marvin Bagley III reclassified and joined. This year, so a couple of Blue Devils going, and this seems to be a really smart pick from Chicago taking Wendell Carter Jr. I would not differ with that at all. Wendell Carter Jr. is an absolute work hard, a workhorse. He, he is strong. He is an outstanding rebounder that always goes after the ball with both hands. He's a two-handed rebounder.
1: With the eighth pick in the 2018 NBA Draft, the Cleveland Cavaliers select Colin Sexton from the University. With the ninth pick in the 2018 NBA Draft, the New York Knicks select Kevin Knox from the University of Kentucky. With the 10th pick in the 2018 NBA Draft, the Philadelphia 76ers select Mikael Bridges from Villanova University. The 11th pick in the 2018 NBA Draft, the Charlotte Hornets select Shea Gilgis Alexander from Hamilton, Canada and the University of Kentucky. With the 12th pick in the 2018 NBA Draft, the LA Clippers select Miles Bridges from Michigan State University. With the 13th pick in the 2018 NBA Draft, the LA Clippers select Jerome Robinson from Boston College. 14th pick in the 2018 NBA draft, the Denver Nuggets select Michael Porter Jr. from the University of Missouri.
2: iHeartRadio now combines your favorite radio stations, plus your on-demand music collection all in one app. iHeartRadio All Access now allows you to take your music collection offline to listen anywhere without a connection or using data. From the My Music Pivot, tap on a playlist you want to take offline. Toggle to offline. Indicators will fill in seconds, showing when your tracks and playlists are available offline. Radio plus unlimited music all in one app.
1: Do you want to retire like a champ? Just like legendary basketball star Uncle Drew. Don't do it like that Uncle Drew. You're already acing the game.
3: You've got your dream ride. Don't be slamming my door. Sorry right, about uh, that. You just did the same. Nah, got to get the boys. Your dream vacation and your dream team.
1: And now you can make your retirement just as legendary. I get buckets. Get the tips you need to get on track at aceyourretirement.org.
0: I'm here with Kat, and uh, Kat, is this your first time at the uh, NBA draft? Yes,
4: it is.
0: How's it feel to be here amongst all these, you know, great athletes uh, about to have their lives change?
5: Feels amazing coming from a SEC school. It's awesome to see some people have seen us play it, and some <laughs> from my school get
4: drafted. It's a really cool experience.
6: Thank you very much.
0: Okay, I'm here at DBA Draft with these uh, two. And um, I had asked, what's your favorite team, sir? I'm a Philadelphia 76ers fan, man. What's your favorite team? What? We came all the way
7: from Philly, sir. So uh,
0: team 76ers. Team 76ers. 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 How you feeling 66ers. about uh, your pick so far?
3: I think Mikel Bristol is going to be a great team for our city, man. I think that it, uh, just just from the organization, from, from the standpoint of what, uh, what Matt Brown going to do for our city and what the organization is doing, I believe he's going to be a great impact for our city. Okay. from a good
0: very good Great leadership, sir. So i guess you guys follow Villanova a lot. Yes, we do. We're up, yeah, Philadelphia, man. Okay, so all Philly. All Philly, all Philly vibes, man. All Philly vibes. We came to Brooklyn to show we Philly.
3: Philly. We came to Brooklyn to be like, you know what?
0: Philly's in the building, man. We in the building. Okay,
2: I respect it. All right, thank you, guys. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Appreciate
7: it. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us today. And as we get started, first thing I want to do is is congratulate Scott Perry for putting together what I thought was a great process in terms of how we wanted to approach getting to where we are today. About two or three weeks before training camp started last summer, last year, we got together, Scott brought all the scouts in, we laid out how we wanted to approach getting to this day. We talked about how we wanted to cover the country, how we wanted our international scouting to look, what we expected of all the scouts, how we wanted to get together and process information. And I think he did a really good job that put us in a position that, you know, while we had a lot of debates leading the week before the draft, the night before the draft, we knew exactly where we wanted to be. And the only thing that could change whether or not these two guys were here was what happened ahead of us. We knew that... We wanted, we wanted Kevin at the ninth pick. We had spent a lot of time with him. We spoke to uh, the coaches down at, at Kentucky. We watched him throughout the course of his career and spent time with him and understand there was something special not only about his basketball abilities, the, the length, the athleticism, the, his ability to play the game where we think Coach Fisdale wants to coach and the way we think the current NBA is going. But there's also a competitiveness inside this kid that doesn't show up all the time in his demeanor. We sat and talked to him and listened to how he interacted with five other players through dinner and different conversations and and there was a competitive sense in him that we knew was the right fit for us here in New York. And so that's what we've decided that he was he was the guy that we wanted to go with. And Scott and I have a mutual Friendship with an agent Raymond brothers who happens to represent Mitchell Robinson And we've been talking about Mitchell as a guy that we would be really lucky if he made it to 36 We flew Mitchell in Spent a day with him getting to know him a little bit talking through dinner talking about his his journey What was important to him? What was challenging to him, but we knew just athletically his commitment to being a great basketball player, his desire to grow as a person and a player, he was somebody special. And we we're really excited that he was still there at 36. So we're really excited to have these two young men to join the other young guys that we have. But we think they're very complementary to the youth and the athleticism and the length and what we're trying to do in terms of turning the Knicks back into a great basketball team.
3: Yeah. yeah, first, I'd like to start off by thanking Steve Mills for, for entrusting in me and giving me the opportunity to be here uh, as the general manager of the Knicks. I really, it's been a great uh, opportunity, a great first uh, year working alongside of him and the entire basketball staff that we've assembled here. You know, none of this is not possible if it wasn't for a co- very collaborative effort from every one of our scouts to everyone else in our front office support staff. You know, we talk a lot about the collaboration in our office, and important that everyone's role is extremely important, and uh, it really manifested itself throughout this season and throughout our draft process, to that ultimately ended up into these two uh, fine prospects up here. Uh, To comment a little bit about uh, Kevin first, uh, in terms of his game, uh, the the. There were many attractions for us uh, as we watched this young man play. You know, we've been watching him since high school, really. And uh, he had a very solid first year at the University of Kentucky. He represents a lot what we want to be about, how we want to play the game. He has, he has great length, athleticism. He can score the basketball. He's a multi-positional player. And uh, we think his, his upside, his, his ability to grow, as a player in this league is tremendous. And in, in Mitchell uh, watched him in, in, in all of the, the high school events a year ago, and he was a, a, a standout. Most athletic big really in the class, we felt. Uh, the fact that he was still able to be there at 36, we were excited about this. We are excited about his upside potential. Again, another long athletic player. We talked about uh, our need as a basketball team to get much more athletic because we're going to want to play with a lot more pace uh, and we want to be aggressive defensively and these guys have the physical attributes to do that and the final thing I want to comment about is uh, we talked from the very beginning about our strong development culture here And, and that obviously was one of the main reasons that led us to hiring Coach Fisdale and the staff that he's assembled. We have tremendous confidence in them and their ability to be able to develop these young men not only as players but as help develop them as young men too as they grow in this league and so we're really excited about that I know everyone's ready to get to work uh, as soon as these cameras stop flashing here today with the, uh, uh, the press conference so again excited and, and again want to thank the entire Knicks organization um, for helping make this happen here, here tonight.
1: Thank you Scott. Uh, now we're going to open up the floor for questions from the media. If you'd like to ask a question, please raise your hand. Uh, microphone will be
7: brought over. Just please state your name and affiliation. Thank you. Alan is on from Newsday. Uh, you guys, what are your expectations as rookies? How do you think you're going to fit in? You know, you're young, but I'm sure you can't wait to get started. What, what do you think you'll be like your first year? Uh, yeah, personally, I mean, I'm just ready to get to work. I mean. Uh,
6: I think, I think me and Mitchell, uh, we fit really well in, in the way Coach Vista really wants to coach and wants to play. I think we'll uh, fit really well with the rest of the players and young guys, and we'll learn so much from them. i you will know, learn a lot from some of the veterans on the team. and I think throughout the whole season, I think we're just going to keep getting better as a team and as players, and I think uh, as the season goes on, we're just going to gel pretty well as a team. To kind of follow up on what Kevin said, yeah, so we fit in with the team. You know, they get hard, work hard every day and get better at the group. Uh, yeah, hi Mitchell. Mark Berman, New York
1: Post. Could you just explain kind of the journey of you uh, attending a couple
6: of colleges but never playing and then, you know, deciding to, to drop out and w- why those decisions were made? Oh, well, the decision was made because I felt like I should just focus on basketball to get to me where I want to be for my career and then, you know, just pushing forward.
1: What, the, yeah, what did you do uh, specifically uh, to train? Uh, did, were you able to play in any games while you were training,
6: or how did that go? No, I didn't really play, like, no pickup game. I did straight, straight workout every day, like 9 to 5 every day, all
3: day. It, it, you know, one of the things to add, you know, we, the guy spent, again, a lot of time, he had, you know, we're very familiar with who was training him at the time and, and uh, the former player that we, he, he worked closely with, I know. And uh, uh, the young man is dedicated to the game. And uh, we really uh, we know he wants this. You know, the a decision he made, a conscious decision he made uh, to go ahead and go about it, that path. He's, I don't think he's the first guy to do that. And, uh, and you know, obviously it, 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 he ended up here today, and, and I think he's ready to get to work for us. Ian Begley, ESPN. Kevin, for you, there's a lot of talk about your positional versatility, both ends of the court. Where do you feel comfortable on offense? Which positions, and which positions do you feel comfortable defending?
6: I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I, like you said, I could play pretty much any position on the floor. Uh, but I mean, uh, with the league going where, where it's going today, I mean, you see a lot of guys the wings playing the four. Uh, you see them playing the three their natural position. So, I mean, those two positions kind of, kind of where I see myself uh, being able to be everywhere on the floor down the ball, uh, be able to get off the ball, be able to shoot
3: the ball. So, I mean, I just think, uh, like you said, I could pretty much play anywhere on the floor. Thanks. Um, Kyle Maggio, the Knicks ball. Uh, Kevin, just for you, what aspect of your game do you want to improve the most heading into the league next year? What weakness do you think you could develop the most? Uh, yeah, I mean,
6: this whole summer I've been working on ball handling. Uh, be more consistent and uh, pretty much working on my defense uh, In my agency. We have a lot of great NBA guys, so going one-on-one against them the whole summer I means just being able to compete against them, uh, be able to go against them every day is good for me. I uh, work on my defense, work on my game, So, and then uh, also I've been working on a lot of my ball handling, uh, pick-a-roll situations, be able to make plays out of it, uh, make the right reads, make the right passes, so just some of the, some of the things I've been working on this whole summer
5: Sports Social with St. We are back here on Brooklyn Free Speech Radio as well as iHeartRadio. And I'm on the line right now with one of the biggest Knicks fans. He's actually a member of the radio station that broadcasts the Knicks. That is ESPN Radio in New York City. We have Mr. Jake Montgomery here on the line. Jake, how's it going, man? Ed, my man, how's everything? It's been a while. It has been a while, you know, and I, I thought of you right away when the whole uh, Knicks draft went down, because I know you're a big fan, and we have, we've we spoken about it so many times in the, in the past. What are your thoughts right away? Let's just jump right into it. Kevin Knox is the first-round pick of the Knicks and not Michael Porter Jr. Are you okay with this? Are you one of those people that support it or boo it?
4: I'm in support of it. I was actually pretty upset at first when they drafted Knox, not because I don't think he has talent. I just think the Knicks are so far away in so many different pieces that I didn't really know what I wanted from the pick. At first, I really wanted Sexton or a guy like Trey Young, who I think is going to be a superstar to hopefully fall down because I saw a bunch of different mock drafts. No one knows necessarily where people are going to fall. But once the guys were in place, everyone obviously thought it was either going to be Michael Porter Jr., Mikkel Bridges, or Kevin Knox, who was linked to the Knicks for a while. So it really wasn't that big of a surprise. But after they picked Knox, I was honestly pretty excited. I think he's a young kid. He's only 18 years old. You match him with Aquina who's only 19 years old. And I kind of like what the Knicks are doing here. They know they really don't have a chance to compete this season. They know it's going to take a while to get them back into the mix for the playoffs and to make a deep playoff run. So getting these young players like Knox and Aquina, if they end up being in their their prime in about four or five years, they're only going to be 22, 23 years old. So it, it really might end up paying huge dividends if it, if both Knox and Neil Aquino end up being superstars or at least quality starters in the NBA.
5: I definitely agree with, um, with that as well, but you know, I was actually in the building when that whole thing went down and I was one of the people prior to the pick saying, you know, we want Porter. It's just, I understandable the the reports are out there, the back injury, you know, having surgery and not working out for certain teams. I get that's a big deal. But when you have an opportunity to take a guy that's been projected to be the number one pick in this draft for the past two seasons and number nine, that's kind of hard to pass up for a guy who has that, that crazy potential. If he does get right, does get, you know, healthy. And considering that the Knicks are going to be bad this upcoming season, I would have been okay with a Ben Simmons or a Blake Griffin type of red shirt year and have him come back healthy a following season with Chris Porzingis. So that's the way I looked at it. I don't know if you still feel
4: the same way, even after hearing that. No, and I agree with you completely on that part. That was what I was thinking as well with Michael Porter Jr. And all of these lingering injuries, it might be a perfect plan to rest him for this season, especially with Porzingis out and see what you get at the season after. But What made me feel a lot better is that he didn't go with the 10th pick. A bunch of other teams passed up on him as well. So if he ends up being a superstar, you know that if he ended up going 10th, everyone would be saying, oh, it's the player that the Knicks skipped over, even though realistically eight other teams would have skipped over him as well. You know what I mean? Everyone always seems to link it back to the Knicks. But the fact that he went 14th really makes me think that these teams really have they know information about his injuries and his health, and it's a concern. And you're right. If he ends up being a superstar, which he certainly has the talent and potential to if he stays healthy, it might be a home run for the Denver Nuggets. But only time will tell with that. And maybe the Knicks could have taken a gamble, but they played it safe. They took a guy who's six foot nine, athletic, a good defender, a good shooter, And, yeah, this is going to – let's be real. It's going to be a dreadful season next season. But isn't that what we want? With Porzingis out, we really know that they don't have a chance. So if they end up getting – instead of winning stupid games at the end of the season, which they do every single year this season, they (laughs) won in Cleveland at the end of the year. They beat Washington at the end of the season. Stupid games that they won, which position them to get nine, and we'll see how Knox turns out. But if they didn't win those games, guess what? The Sacramento Kings had one less win – or one more win than the Knicks, and they ended up getting pushed all the way up to the two spot. And they got a guy named Marvin Bagley III, who might end up being a really, really good player. So if the Knicks don't win these games, they get better odds of getting a better spot in the draft, but instead they always, of course, torture us Knicks fans, and they do the stupid thing where they win these pointless games at the end of the season. But maybe next year I'm hoping that the talent is so, so bad <laughs> that hopefully they just lose a bunch of games because there's a lot of big names next year, especially the guys from Duke. I know the Duke uh, recruitment class next year is crazy. I think they have four of the top 10 recruits. Yeah. Zion, Zion obviously, is the big name with all the slam dunks. And he, mm-hmm. he has a yeah, crazy highlight reel. But they have a, a lot of guys. R.J. Barrett, I believe his name is, is supposed to be right. a, really, a really big player as well. So if the Knicks can hopefully tank and just throw the season away. It's it's rough to say because you never want to throw a season away, but if they can just tank this season and hopefully get one more young, really good player to match up with Porzingis, and if Neil Aquina ends up being like a really good defender and a solid player and Kevin Knox hopefully is one of the best players in the draft, if that happens, then you got yourself a little plan. Tim Hardaway Jr., you know, the rumors with Kyrie Irving, possibly maybe coming back to the New Jersey area and being a, being a Nick, that would be awesome. So you just got to wait and see. But it seems at least that the Knicks have a plan in place, which makes me feel a little bit better.
5: I agree. I do feel comfortable with Fisdale. Uh, I think that he's a really smart basketball mind, and he knows how to motivate young players, which is something that we haven't had in a while. And uh, I, I like the fact that even in this press conference um, for Fisdale, he called out Emmanuel Moutier, said, you know, when want to get you right. He's he's a guy like uh, – people forget Moutier is only, what, his third year uh, he's only 22 years old, the guy still has a bunch of, of potential that's not really been tapped into yet. So I, I do feel good about that, just hearing um, his side of trying to develop the young talent. And a guy that they're really going to have to develop is their second-round pick, Mitchell Robinson, because this is a guy that I had, you know, I've I've heard of him for, for a while now. Obviously, he didn't play in college last year, didn't play really any organized basketball last year. But freak athleticism uh, could be one of those players that could be really good or really bad because of his character.
4: I think he does have the characteristics there.
5: What are your thoughts on him?
4: No, you nailed it. I was about to say the word athleticism, and you took the words out of my mouth. He is a freak athlete. I'm not sure if you saw the video, but for anyone listening, if you want to see a crazy video, came out recently. He was working out with the Knicks. He yeah. can bounce the ball. From the three po- opposite three point line, the opposing three point line, on one bounce and dunk the ball. It is one of the craziest things I've ever seen. <laughs> he starts off from he starts off from the free throw line, which isn't that weird. One bounce and dunking it in. Then he does it from the three point line. Then he moves back and does it in between the three point line and half court. Then he does it from half court, and then he does it from the opposing three point line. And then once I saw that, I got, I got excited. You never know; you can always get a really good pick in the second round. You see Draymond Green, obviously one of the best players in the league. He was a second-round pick. So you you can really get a good player in the second round if you get a good selection. And he really does have quite the uh, athletic body. So if the Knicks can hopefully help that and turn that into uh, a solid player on defense and offense, then I think the Knicks might have gotten two really good picks in this draft.
5: Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I feel really good uh, about him in terms of what he could develop to. And now we're really going to learn more about uh, Fisdale and his whole plan of just, you know, using young talent and just, unta- I you know, trying to have raw talent.
4: I have a pretty good plan for Fisdale. If he really wants to earn the New York love, I think he just needs to sit LeBron down, you know, call LeBron up. <laughs> they were buddies in Miami, you know. Make uh, us all know the king of New York. Yeah, right. You want to
5: be the king of New York.
4: <laughs> Come to the worst team in the league and make them uh, NBA champions. Then you'll be the king of New York. You'll be the king of the world. Yeah, all you have to do is disregard, you know, all the
5: things he hated about New York in the first place. So, uh, you
4: know, anything is possible. I never
5: put anything out of, you know, focus or out of reach because it's the NBA. Anything
4: happens. It's it's weird like that. And I just Ed, you know, I'm a, Ed. That. I'm gonna put one thing. I'm gonna put one thing out of reach. What? LeBron James coming to the New York Knicks. I'm going to put that one out of
5: <laughs> So you tease it and you say it's never going to happen.
4: I'm, you know it's never going to happen. I'm not even going to get people's hopes up like that, man. But, yeah, if it did happen in my sweetest dreams, it would be uh, quite the year.
5: All right, let me get your uh, your quick thoughts. Uh, just, you know, obviously since I have you on, the rest of the draft, what, what was the biggest surprise of the entire draft year?
4: The biggest surprise. Um, the Mikel Bridges trade after he got drafted yeah. by, you know, everyone thought Philadelphia and Villanova was a perfect match. His mom worked for Philadelphia's PR team. So when he got drafted for them, I think it was just a feel good story. Then he gets traded to the Sun <laughs> a, a few picks later. So that was definitely a surprise. Um, I think the Spurs got a, a steal with Lonnie Walker. Uh, I think he's a really good player from Miami. And I mm-hmm. think that he was supposed to go earlier in the draft. And the fact that he fell to 18 with the Spurs, I think that was a really good pick. And you know they're going to definitely maximize his talent there with Popovich. So I think that was a, a surprise. Uh, besides that, I wasn't really surprised much. Um, obviously, everyone knew DeAndre Aiden was going number one. Right. And... uh the guys that followed him were all pretty much expected, too. I, I think Knox was a kind of a surprise, or the fact that Michael Porter Jr. fell, that was a pretty big surprise, too. But I was definitely surprised by the McKel Bridges uh, getting traded to the Suns. And who knows? The Suns might be not so bad this year. But uh, they they have a lot of good young pieces, too, with Aiden and Booker and McKel Bridges and uh, Josh Jackson from last mm-hmm. year. So they might not be too bad. We'll see, but... You know, it's that's the new philosophy in the NBA, get these good young players. And it's really the philosophy in all these sports. You see it in baseball, too, with, you know, the Yankees. You know, I'm a big Yankees guy. So.
5: Oh, yeah, no, trust me. I definitely know. And uh, <laughs> the,
4: only thing, yeah, the only thing that I could really uh, just make
5: that, that comparison with, like, I agree completely with the Mikael Bridges. I thought that was one of the biggest stories. I just thought it was a bad, horrible PR for the uh, 76ers as a whole. You know, his mother worked for the franchise. If the plan was never to really keep him as a draft pick, then you trade that pick before your time comes up to avoid the PR disaster of having to grab him and then trade him later. I just thought that was just a bad way to do it. But remember, they have no general manager. They kind of have their head coach playing general manager right now, so it seems like it's a role that he's not ready for. Because even if you're not going to make that move, you don't make it so obvious that it's like, okay, we draft him, we do this whole big thing, give him the hat. And he's a a Philly guy, and then you trade him uh, an hour later. Because you have to assume that that plan was in the work hours prior that they could have gotten that done. So I I just thought that was really bad, and it's going to look bad on them moving forward. But uh, the big surprise for me was I think Trey Young going as high as he did. And the whole trade with the Dallas Mavericks and the Hawks, I don't get the Hawks for making that deal. I I just – I don't know. Why would you trade Donich? That early, I don't know if you agree with that, but uh, I, I just think the value of him is a lot better than Trey Young.
4: Uh, t- I, to be honest, I've only seen a few highlights of uh, what's his name. I can't. I'm blanking on <laughs> like, I can't, yeah. All these <laughs> European all these European guys getting thrown at me. But um, yeah, no, I've only seen a few highlights of him. I saw a game winner of his, and it was pretty impressive. And obviously, he's been playing pro ball for a while. But you never know with these European players. You never know which ones are going to pan out. And uh, I've seen Trey Young play the first half of last season. He was incredible. He was honestly must-watch TV. I honestly watched a lot of college basketball only because of him. And then in the second half of the season, a lot of the defenses really, really uh, they kept an eye on him and they played, they double-teamed him and triple-teamed him, and it, it made him play. Uh, not as great basketball, but he has such an IQ on the floor that I really like that. That's why I was hoping he would fall up in the Knicks. I saw him make passes last year that only a really smart basketball player would make, and he didn't have much help on that Oklahoma team. His teammates were not that great. But to lead the nation in points and assists, is, he's the first player in history to do so, so that's quite an accomplishment. And who knows how it will be in the NBA. People say he's like Steph Curry, and if he is, then he might win a couple of MVPs. Some people mm-hmm. say he's like Jimmy Ferdet, and if that's the case, he might be playing in China in two years. So, who knows? I mean, that's a, but it's I, a pretty big range. I, exactly, he's a he's a great shooter, but he's a streaky shooter, and we saw that last year. He but so is Steph, you know what I mean? So is Steph Curry, certain games you see Steph Curry one game go oh for thirteen, and the next game he's going thirteen for thirteen. So I think if Trey Young gets surrounded by good players, and I'm not sure Atlanta has that squad right now, but obviously. Uh, they're trying to build a young team around Trey Young. So we'll see if that trade pays off. They obviously traded a first-round pick from next year, too, even though I think they had a couple or a few. But still, it's a it's a big trade, especially just to go from three to five.
5: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And uh, like I said, I, I'm, it's going to be curious to see how it works off for Atlanta because I don't know what their future holds. I just don't see the plan there. Uh, Dallas, I think it was smart. You got a guy that Dirk you obviously wanted. Dirk, Dirk, I think, tweeted him right away before the deal was official. So uh, this was obviously uh, – Dirk had some influence there, and this is most likely going to be his last season coming up. So Dallas has a plan for the future, in, in my opinion. Uh, last question, and uh, this is the one of the million-dollar questions. This is the LeBron question. I'm going to hold a whole LeBron question because it's been asked so many times already. What about Kawhi Leonard? Does he stay in San Antonio or
4: is he playing somewhere else next year? I don't see how Kawhi stays in San Antonio. I just, I think there's so much tension and drama between the two that once you get past a certain point, it's kind of hard to mold that relationship. And I'm not sure if they can do that. And it's a weird situation where I honestly see both sides of each uh, argument I see why the Spurs would want their superstar player to come back especially if their medical team says that he's okay to play and I totally get where Kawhi Leonard's coming from where he had a very serious injury and he wants to get paid obviously like who wouldn't want to get paid millions and millions of dollars and he knows that a big contract coming his way and if he plays before he's fully healthy and he injures himself again he's going to miss out on probably 200 million dollars so i get both sides of the argument i think he'll go to a big market probably los angeles lebron who knows where he's going to go i know you didn't want to get into it i think he <laughs> i still think there's a little chance he stays in cleveland i think uh if he does leave cleveland he'll go to i i do like the houston rockets and i do like the philadelphia 76ers obviously they're the two front runners i can only see another los angeles uh, I can only see, he's not going to go to the Clippers, obviously, and he's not going to go to the Warriors, no matter how people create that uh, nightmare of a team. But um, if he does go to the Lakers, it would be because he's teaming up with either a Kawhi Leonard or a Chris Paul. He's not going to go to the Lakers right now to go to the West where it's, with a team that is not even better than the Cleveland Cavaliers team that he's on now. So if he does go to L.A., it's because it's going to be a big deal. It'll be Miami 2.0 and he'll be teaming up with players that he thinks can knock off not only the Houston Rockets, but also, obviously, the Golden State Warriors, who have won the championship three out of the last four years. So let's have some fun this summer, man. It's going to be a great summer. Oh, (laughs) yeah. It's going to be a great summer, July 1st. (laughs) Yeah, man. NBA never really leaves with uh, the draft and free agency, and this is obviously a huge free agency. LeBron has the power to completely shift the NBA, and Mm -hmm. a lot of people think he's going to do so. So. Let's have some fun, Ed. Let's have some fun. That's
5: so what we're looking forward to. Jake,
4: thank you as always. Can you
5: let everybody know where they can follow me on Twitter? Because I have to put it out there, I think i told people this, you have one of the best Twitter accounts, especially during Yankee games, than I think I've ever seen. So uh, give I everybody a it, shout. But, uh, let them know let them know how they can follow you.
4: Yeah, you can just go to Twitter and type in Jake Montgomery. I'm usually the first one that pops up. I have a zero as the first O in Montgomery because some guy has the username. So, I've been trying to hunt that guy down for, like, years, but he never answers my messages. Jake <laughs> <So, laughs> Monk, I'm going to find that guy. The guy. He doesn't even tweet. He's but I appreciate the shout-out. I appreciate you having me on, Ed. It's always a pleasure. Uh, we definitely got to catch up soon and talk some sports, my guy.
5: Always, man. We could talk sports for days.
4: So, Absolutely. Uh, Jake, until next time, man. Have a good night, Ed. I'll talk to you later. All right. Take
8: care. I'm Paul George. When I was six, I had one thing on my mind. When I was six, my days were spent playing basketball every chance I could. When I was six, my dream was to make it to the NBA. When I was six, my mom had a stroke. So I want you to learn the signs of a stroke fast. F-A-S-T. F, face drooping. A, arm weakness. S, speech difficulty. T. Time to call 911. Because the sooner they get to the hospital, the sooner they'll get treatment. And that can make a remarkable difference in their recovery. I'm Paul George. Protect the ones you love. Spot a stroke F-A-S-T. Fast. Life is why. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council.
0: want to give a special thanks to my guest Jake Montgomery from ESPN Radio in New York City sharing his thoughts on the New York Knicks make sure to follow him on Twitter once again and uh also a special thanks to the uh, people I interviewed on the green carpet couldn't play all the interviews but uh some of them were just like those those two that I did play were just really fun and uh, I definitely enjoyed it and it was just an honor to also just be able to work there and um that whole week during NBA draft week meeting with DeAndre and meeting with Marvin Bagley, uh, all the different top 10 guys, Wendell Carter Jr. It, it was amazing, and um, I just appreciate it. I think the NBA does a great job, especially in New York City, with exposing the uh, the rookies to just what the life is with the media. And uh, some of these guys are really good. So, uh, and a double shout out to Mo Bamba from Harlem originally. He was really cool just having a conversation with him. And uh, just a reminder, until next time, we are off next week because of 4th of July. So I'll be back the following week with a brand new episode of Sports Social. So like I said, check us out. Sports Social with Eddie C Jr. on iHeartRadio as well as Brooklyn Free Speech Radio. Take care.